there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Um, We are on the precipice. Well, actually, when this comes out, this will be coming out on Christmas. So, hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, Happy Hanukkah. All happy holidays in general. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wanted to ask you, Emilio, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I did some uh, Christmas shopping today, which wasn't too bad. I just caved to Daddy Bezos and I just ordered a bunch of shit on Amazon. <laughs> um, I did go to the mall, which I haven't been to in a while. I went like right before noon. It wasn't too bad. I just picked up like stuff for my nieces. I just decided this year like all the kids in my family are going to get their gifts for Christmas Eve. And then my cousin's... And my 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 dad, my mom, they're probably gonna get stuff like a day or two later. Yeah, that works. Um, something my uh, something Akaro's mom does is like she'll order something, but during like it won't show up for Christmas, but she'll just print out a photo of it and put it like in a card <laughs> or something. It's always really funny. <laughs> like it's That's always funny. really. You'd be surprised. Like people are like, "Oh, this is what I'm getting cool," and then like you know, it's just nice. <laughs> but yeah, dude. It's- um, um, I was going to say that's funny because like if I didn't know that context, I would just open it and be like, oh, cool. It's a picture of a gift. Nice. <laughs> Where the fuck is my gift at? This is what I wanted to get you, but I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but you can imagine. We ain't got over fucking uh, mall rats, which we're like almost 30 and we go to the mall constantly for no good reason <laughs> so we've been shopping like all week we love to go to the fucking um the galleria in glendale oh in yeah Santa Anita mall um fuck dude can never get enough we're always fucking there so <laughs> yeah i think i now need to know what we do ex- i think i need to expand my mall my mall stuff because i just go to montebello mall and every time i'm like oh god it's fucking garbage uh, <laughs> yeah, the day that the Montebello Mall gets Uniqlo, like that's the day I'm never going back to any other mall. Like that's the only <laughs> reason why I go to Glendale Gallery. <laughs> I love Uniqlo. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what is one of your like favorite gifts that you've ever gotten for Christmas? Damn. Um I remember getting a bike one year. I remember getting a drum set another year. And then I guess as I got older, I started getting more like money and clothes there is one specific memory i have about a christmas gift and it's that my uncle from india he would visit every like christmas and so he took us he took me and my brother my cousin to toys r us i think i was like real real quick (laughs) i just want to clarify for the listener because this also took me a while when i first met you so emilio has an uncle that lives in india emilio is not Indian. He's Mexican. And so it is yeah. his uncle. He just decided one day to live in India. <laughs> yeah. But according to my ex agent, I can be ethnically ambiguous. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so maybe I can't pass off. Literally like his uh his friend because we went to Cancun one time and he invited all his like friends and uh, coworkers from India. 
and all his Indian, well, two Indian uh, female friends that he had were like, oh, like your nephews can be actors and models in India. Like they can, like they have like fair skin, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like this is a 40 year old woman telling a 16 year old kid this. Like it's just, Yikes. it was funny. It was a, it was a, a confidence boost for sure. But, um, so anyway, <laughs> we, uh, he took us to Toys R Us and my uncle was, uh, I wanted to get, I had the, I think I had a PlayStation and I wanted to pick out six video games to buy. And then my uncle was like, okay, I'm going to, I can either buy you these six video games or I can invest $500 into a CD account at a bank and you can't touch it till you're 18 and you'll have like thousands of dollars or something like that. And I don't know why he didn't explain this to me better or had like my dad explain this to me because I was like, fuck that. I want those games. (laughs) (laughs) So like, so I got those six video games that I don't even play anymore. I could have, I could have used that money for something else. I mean, it seems like he was fucking with you or trying to test you. Like, yeah, he I'm was sure if he laid it out sure. for you. Yeah, that that's annoying. Do you remember what the video games were? One was uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. Nice. <laughs> I can't remember the other ones. I, they had to be like something like that. That's very funny because like um, my favorite gift I've ever gotten was, I, I, don't, I can't remember when the Xbox 360 came out, but mm. um, me and my brother were bugging my mom to get it. And like it seemed for Christmas, like she hadn't gotten it for us, and it was just kind of like a moment of like, oh, we didn't get it. That sucks. Whatever. And then my mom was like, oh wait, I think there's one more gift. It's in the garage, and it was the fucking Xbox 360, and we were so <laughs> fucking hyped. So to this day, like that was the best gift ever. Um, another <laughs> memory I have is like um, when I was a kid, we would try to open our gifts at midnight on the 25th, mm-hmm. and so we were staying up for midnight and my dad was staying up with us and he was drinking throughout the night and i think he was like on beer like 12 or 13 and he passed mm-hmm. the fuck out on his bed and i remember like uh thinking to myself like damn i really wish my dad didn't drink as much and <laughs> not too long after that my dad gave up alcohol and he hasn't drank since so it was like a it was kind of like a fucking Christmas miracle, to be honest. <laughs> that's also that's that's my favorite gift number two is my dad gave up alcohol. <laughs> Dude, I think like the holidays for me are kind of rooted in um, trauma. Because <laughs> sure, yeah, like I did have like a pretty traumatic experience for one Christmas, and then now like whenever Christmas comes around, I get very um, what's the word? Very annoyed with everybody specifically my parents and i spiral a little bit but then i bounce back right away (laughs) i come back stronger like twice as strong i got the christmas gift of a fucking childhood trauma (laughs) (laughs) i think that's super common dude like i get incredibly fatigued too especially with like teaching or just in general too but like the last week of teaching like i'm so fucking checked out there are a bunch of kids asking me for their grades and whatever but i'm just like dude like i can't even comprehend shit so i think i think you're also in the majority like a lot like i definitely feel like that the holidays kind of piss me off sometimes yeah. but um hey something that shouldn't piss everyone off 
is uh, our. Uh, we forgot to bring this up last episode because we're just such good hosts of this podcast. But um, our boy Ryan Gosling is nominated for a fucking Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. His song "I'm Just Ken" is also nominated. Barbie fucking swept for the Golden Globes and. Most likely, what that's going to mean is that he's going to get an Oscar nomination, his second Oscar nomination. And he also released a re-recording of I'm Just Ken uh, with Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's actually a really good re-recording, dude. Yeah, it's It's a live uh, Christmas recording. It sounds fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about that, Emilio? I honestly had a strong feeling that um, he was going to get some type of uh, recognition or nomination for Barbie because it's just so different, super different. And I think um, I think we talked about it when we did our episode about Barbie that uh, Ryan Gosling in that film is just so he's like a scene stealer for sure. And he's just so authentically like just trying to be you know this character can and like go 100% out there and like he, he nailed it so I'm I'm not surprised but I am very glad to see like that um I guess like these institutions are I guess you would call them institutions I don't know but um these big ceremonious things that go on in Hollywood are like oh yeah like that was good we liked that like let's nominate him for that because he hardly ever gets nominated for much yeah seriously the last time he was nominated was for la la land and then the first time he ever got well he didn't get nominated actually i think for la la land maybe i'm not sure i don't think so he won a golden globe that year for his uh, role in la la land he was also nominated for half nelson early on in his career um but yeah dude like it's so fucking awesome he does an amazing job in this movie uh, everyone does an amazing job in that movie. Marco Robbie also deserves all the accolades too, and Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's fucking cool. Like we said before with this podcast, like we talk so often about Ryan Gosling that whenever anything pops up about him, and especially getting like a nomination, I'm like, yay, my friend did yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Movie did not get any nominations for anything, and if it did, it shouldn't have. Is this movie Which one? that we're going to talk about today? Because it sucked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so today we're talking about "Song to Song," released in 2017. And I want to preface this by saying that, look, we both obviously love Ryan Gosling, and he can do no wrong in our eyes. But God damn, man, this movie is a heaping pile of shit. <laughs> It sucks so much. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, boy. It was really funny because we just covered uh, the United States of Leland. And if you guys haven't checked out that episode, go check it out because we're also mad at the story. And we, <laughs> I ended off by saying, this is probably the worst Ryan Gosling movie we have watched. And then as we were going into this movie, you texted <laughs> me beforehand. I hope this movie is better than the United States of Leland. And was it? Boy. <laughs> it was not. It was worse. Probably the worst. No, uh, no mention in the R word of the R word in this movie, though. So that's uh, one thing it has going for it. That is one thing. Uh, there's a lot of weird scenes of like possible like sexual assault, though. So that's yeah. really bad. Um, yeah, really weird, weird story. Um, 
I guess let's just start with the synopsis. Do you have a synopsis ready for us, Emilio? I do. So, set against the Austin, Texas music scene, two entangled couples, struggling songwriters Faye and B.V. That's that's Ryan Gosling's name in the movie. That's, that's his name, yeah. And music mogul Cook, who is also a real name of a character, played by Michael Fassbender, and the waitress, who's played by Natalie Portman, whom he ensnares chase success through a rock and roll landscape of seduction and betrayal yeah um <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect from this movie i had kind i mean coming from the united states of leland i was thinking like this will be better it has to be like i don't know there has to be a story here that sounds cool it's in austin austin's a great music city um the movie takes place in like uh during their festival austin city limits um but fuck, man, it is really bad. Um, yeah. What do you think about the movie in general, Emilio? Um, the best way I can describe it is a series of montages with no cohesive storyline. While at yeah. the same time, the characters are narrating their feelings and not really narrating like what's going on. Yeah. Um. I, I was looking up reviews on IMDb, just random people giving reviews. And some people were trying to be nice and saying like, yeah, the movie, um, you know, really takes leaps and tries to do things that aren't typical in movies. And maybe it doesn't play out that well, but at least they're trying something new. And that's like half of the reviews. And they give it like maybe a seven out of 10 or eight out of 10 if they're being generous. But then the people that are being mean who give it like a one out of 10 or a three out of 10 are like, this is a self-indulgent piece of shit movie. Fuck everyone who's <laughs> in it. You know, I, I can like, okay, so I'll be honest. Um, 20 minutes into the movie, I was saying to myself like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Um, things just move without warning. And there's no real, like I said, there's no like cohesive storyline. So things are just moving along. And like, yeah, so like it's even hard to describe like what the introduction is because yeah. it's following, um, it's following BV meeting Faye and then she introduces BV to uh, Cook. Um, Faye, by the way, is played by Rooney Mara. And and oh dude there's <laughs> fuck it i'm just gonna get into it there's something that really <laughs> fucking bothers me about this movie and it's that bv and Faye and uh the waitress whose name is Rhonda, Rhonda. played by natalie portman are supposedly musicians like they're supposedly artists they never fucking perform anything throughout the movie <laughs> and i'm like so i'm like what okay so um cook michael fassbender's character is like oh yeah i want to sign to you it's like well what did what do they sing like what do they do and like you just have no idea like they because they could be shit for all i know but like there's there's just no context as to like how, what kind of music they play there's also no context as to why cook is a successful music producer like there should be like a montage or something of him like making decisions that like inform you to be like oh he knows what he's doing like he's really smart nothing he's just fucking rich and weird and that's it yeah. like that's that's totally it and 
you also pointed out to me that this movie is like heavily improvised and it fucking mm. shows dude like man this movie is so long for no like seriously this this movie could be maybe like 30 minutes long if you condense all the parts where there's actual story plot it would be whittled down to like 30 minutes because the whole story is that this character Faye, played by Rooney Mara falls in love with BV who's played by Ryan Gosling who's a musician musician but Faye is in a relationship with Cook who is played by Michael Fassbender so she's in like this abusive, like weird relationship. She's been with him since she was 17, but she falls in love with BV. She wants out of the relationship. So she gets away. And then eventually uh, Faye and BV break up too. In the meantime, Cook falls in love with this waitress named Rhonda. Um, and Rhonda finds out this lifestyle is crazy and she doesn't want any part of it. And she kills herself. And then BV and Faye reconnect. And they fall in love and stay together. That's the whole fucking movie. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. BV works on a fucking like oil drill, and that's <laughs> the movie ends. That's that's it. And there's so much random bullshit that happens to get to that story, and it makes my fucking head spin. Um, <laughs> the opening shot is Faye narrating, and the first thing she says is, uh, we're open up in a shot of Austin City Limits Music Festival. And she says, I went through a phase where sex had to be violent. And already just from that one line, God was next to me was like, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) This sucks. Um, And and go for it. uh, No, yeah, I was going to say like, that was the first line. I was like, what the fuck? And then there's um, Word playing in the background. And I do mm-hmm. like, I really, really love Deanne Word. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, maybe they're going to have like a cameo in the movie. And they're showing, they're playing this music by Deanne Word uh, while showing a clip of a, of a mosh pit. Yeah. But they're not even like playing in it. Like they're not perform. They're not the performers. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, why is the song in here? And yeah, it's, it, cause because the because the song oh man i forgot the name of the song let me look it up real quick but i it's a song i really like um it just doesn't like match the tone song. yeah it's like a t- it's like a techno song but like clearly the people are moshing to like punk or something it doesn't go together like why did they do that <laughs> yeah and and in this song they're le- what's it called what's it called it's called no oh, fuck it whatever um <laughs> so <laughs> so in this song uh, there are lyrics like, oh, fuck the system. We have our own system. We're going to like do whatever we want. But then it cuts to like uh, BV meeting Cook. And he's like, oh, I like your music. I want to sign you. And then, but like they kind of are doing whatever they want to a sense. The lyrics in the song suggest like an, an anarchy kind of thing. Like, like fuck capitalism. Fuck this society. Like we want to do whatever we want to do. But BV is signing on as an artist to somebody to make money and to be, to get known. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, what does that song choice have to do with what's going on? (laughs) There are so many crazy song choices and I will get to a few of them. There's one song where like, it's straight up someone in a microphone just going like that. And it was (laughs) pissing me off. I was like, what the fuck are we listening to? (laughs) So, from this scene, we cut to 
we'll just like jump around. We don't have to go chronologically because yeah. we just told you. Oh my god, we just told you the whole story. And there are so many this this like Amelia said, this movie is just filled with montages, just random fucking montages. And I do want to point out that there are a number of people that were supposed to work on this movie that didn't that got their scenes cut out. For example, um, Christian Bale was supposed to play Michael Fassbender's role, but he ended up getting uh, a, the role in American Hustle, so he couldn't work on this movie. And like he shot scenes, and he was like doing the movie already, but he had to drop out, so they recasted him with Michael Fassbender, which is like insane, dude. And yeah. then the movie also its budget was half a million dollars and it made a million dollars worldwide in the box office, which is like, I don't know who the fuck went to go watch this movie. <laughs> that had to be like on name alone. Ryan Gosling, Michael Fassbender, Rudy Mara, Natalie Portman, all in a movie. Like that will get people to go see a movie. And also, um, we like we me and Joseph don't even know if this movie is being told in chronological order. Like there's just so much jumping back and forth between uh like situations between characters constantly jumping. Like there's a good 30, 30, 40 minutes of the movie where Natalie Portman's character is never even mentioned. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, like, wait, where the fuck is Natalie Portman's character? Is she dead? Like, what happened to her? And then as soon as I thought that if she popped up, and I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. But it's just like there's no there's no like um allusion to stuff that's going to happen really there's no yeah there's just no set storyline and like joseph said earlier like a lot of this movie was improvised and natalie portman even said in an interview that there was one scene that she was doing with somebody where they were improvising for 30 minutes on set that's fucking insane i'd want to shoot myself if i had to fucking work on this movie <laughs> It's just so weird, dude. Like, maybe I am not artistic enough to appreciate this. Maybe, like, if you're really, really into, like, film production and I don't know what the fuck, like, it, it makes sense for you. But it just it just seems really, like, annoying to hear, like, all these rich actors got together. They took a trip to Mexico. They went to multiple uh, Austin City Limits festivals because the movie shot in, like, three years, like, I took them like three years to finish it. So they go to this festival multiple times and like, it just feels annoying to hear that. Like they just did this to like, to, like just to like suck each other off and be like, you're so great. You're so awesome. At this. <laughs> it feels annoying. And then another thing I wanted to point out is that like improv and improvisation. Sometimes I guess people kind of wrap it up as like, ah, it's easy. Like you just say what's on your mind and whatever. Like there's a, there's an art form to that. And it's incredibly yeah. hard to do that. And I have immense respect for people who do that. And it feels like everyone's like shitting on that when they're doing it in this movie. It feels really shitty. I mean, I've taken improv before and, and you're you're feeding off of each other's lines pretty much. And you're you're like you're you're um you're exchanging the scene with this other actor. And in this movie, it's like they say one thing. Or one line, and then it takes like a while for them to kind of process it, and then, like you know, they say another line, but it, it's it's not really like leading up to anything because improv, you go back and forth, and it's, it's creating this this scene. But in this film, it feels like it's just like filler, dude. Yeah, it's so it's so hard to watch. Like, um, 
I watched one hour of this movie and then I had to just take a break and then I just continued it the next day. Sorry. <laughs> but um, no, it's just so like, uh, it's so weird. Anyways, let's just let's just point out some scenes. Like um, the first scene where we get to meet Cook is at his house and he's talking to BV. He invites him over. And when he walks, like he lives in this amazing fucking house by the river and there's a big ass pool and all these people are over. He's a famous music producer who's really rich. So everyone's there to like kiss his ass. And then like we see that cook is standing next to an urn and he says like, this is the doctor right here. Yeah. I do a party for him every year. So just strange shit like this happens every fucking scene. It's like, this is the doctor right here. Like I throw a party for him every year. And then he takes a piece of like pieces of his ashes and then he like spreads it on a random woman. And he's like, don't be scared. This is all a good thing. And he's like, just so weird. And yeah, then he turns to B- he turns he turns to BV and he's like, Who do you want? Like there's like three women right there. Pick whoever you want. And he chooses fucking uh um what's her name? Faye. Um so they start dating, and I guess Cook is just cool with that. And I wasn't also sure if like BV knew that she was already with Cook. Like I can't. I don't understand much from this movie. And that's another thing I didn't understand. Did he already know that she was with cook, but whatever, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like, uh, BV and Faye beginning to go out and have this relationship. They're hanging out with cook the entire time. Yeah. And it's just cuts to scenes of Faye and BV, um, you know, like getting to know each other and they're dating, but then it cuts to scenes of Faye with Cook and they're pretty much like just hooking up. And then they even all take a trip to Mexico. Uh, this is easily one of the worst scenes in the entire movie. This whole scene of them going to Mexico together is maybe like 15 to 20 minutes long. And there's no, there's no fucking point to it. The only point to it is just that it shows that Cook is cool with BV uh, dating Faye, who yeah. Cook is married to or something. Cook's a cuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. He's uh, he's too cool. He's too cool to care. He's like, um, he's been cucked so many times that he's just like on the <laughs> other side of it. Like he's enlightened. He's the final cuck uh, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. This is yeah, the you biggest wanna... chair I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to give BV a BJ? Go ahead. <laughs> I can take it. Your <laughs> I can take it. But yeah, and then like in this scene too, like well, I mean, I guess in this moment in the film, when they're in Mexico, they're just drinking, hanging out. Um, at one point cook starts pretending to be a monkey and he runs around the he runs around the beach like just acting like a monkey and then the next scene is him and bv getting drunk at a bar and they just start wrestling with locals and they remove like a poster that was in the bar but everyone's like cool with it and they're all like wrestling with each other and i'm just like what the what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it really just felt like we were watching Brian Gosling and Michael Fassbender just hang out. Like for a moment, I just forgot it was a movie and I was like, it felt like a home videotape of like, 
another thing too is about the camera work in this movie. It feels really like someone just has a hand, and it is how they shot it. They had a handheld yeah. camera, and that's cool when they're at the festival. It gives you that sense of like, oh, you're there at the festival. But throughout the whole fucking movie, you're going to use a handheld camera, and it makes it just so. It just um, it just feels fucking lame. I don't like it. Yeah, there and like, oh fuck! I was like reading stuff up about this movie too right after because I was like, there's no way other people don't feel the same way I do. And right, um, someone did mention that because a lot of it's improv, you do have to pay attention a lot more. But it's also so hard to do that because you practically have to pay attention to what's going on in front of your eyes and then also like their narration so because even sometimes like the narration isn't in line with what's going on in the scene yeah Um, yeah there's and like so many things in this film are just like throwaway like that can easily get that you can easily miss i went to the restroom and they were in mexico all of a sudden i was like what the fuck so i had to rewind it and then there's also like a very small part too when um, BV is hanging out with Cook and it's before like they signed him as an artist. And this other artist is yelling at Cook and she tells BV like, oh, like don't trust this guy. Like this guy uses people. Oh, and that's true. And then yeah. she walks out like that's literally the only context you get about Cook. Like that's literally it. That shit's frustrating because like I bet you can make a compilation of all the parts where there is actual like narrative to the movie and it'll be just like 25 minutes and that could be a good short story or something. Cause there are scenes like just spread throughout where there's context and then you see like character development and something finally happens, but you have to fucking wait and sit through the most boring shit like fucking Faye BV and cook in Mexico buying ice cream they fucking um, buy flowers. They're just walking around yeah. getting drunk. And it's so fucking boring. Like, for what? But on top of that, too, since this is a music-centered uh, um, movie, they also, like, managed to get famous musicians in it for, like, just a few seconds. So the first musician that pops up is fucking Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, which when I saw him, I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that's so strange. On top of that, like he's talking about how he fucking hates the music industry. And then they also get Iggy Pop. They get Patti Smith. Um, In the liner notes of the movie, they also thank Robert Plant. He doesn't pop up in the movie, but there you go. He's in it for some reason. Uh, Flea, all of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, it's, dude, like, what the fuck is going? It feels like. (laughs) these famous people had like a high school project that they had to turn in and was like, here you go. Like, like it just feels so stupid. <laughs> Who would you have in your movie? Oh, uh, I would have red hot chili peppers and <laughs> that one guy and Val Kilmer and this other dude. <laughs> That's what I want in my movie. Right. Gosling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christian Bill. Oh, Christian Bill dropped up. Oh, he's doing American hustle. Oh, that has like a storyline. Oh, okay. Let's call Michael. I want Patty. I want Patty <laughs> Smith. I want her. <laughs> I want her to talk about her dead husband. How she still loves him. It's really sad. Yeah, yeah dude. So and she stu- had significant screen time in in the movie too. Yeah, she was in it a lot. I was very taken aback when I saw her. I was like, dude, what? Why is she wasting her time with this? <laughs> She's such a 
like an accomplished musician. What is she doing? <laughs> and also like in that scene where she's talking to Faye and she's like, yeah, like um, my, was it her dead husband? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's talking to her about him and she's like showing her like this locket. I think she has. And the whole time, like the Faye's just standing there like, Oh, yeah, okay. It's just Rudy Mara <laughs> listening to Patty Smith. That's it. That's all it is. There's no acting. Yeah. Like it's just like I think they just and, told Patty Smith, like, tell a story about your husband. Yeah. That was and it. There's like and then there's no there's no context to like there's no she gives this backstory about her uh husband and like it doesn't tie into anything that happens after the scene. <laughs> I don't like I, I guess what I I just rolled my eyes so hard to me because I don't know what to say. But like I think I think what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to give like um Faye this want and desire to like stay with B V because Patty is like relating to her of like, oh yeah, like when I knew I had to be with this person, like I I just I, that's what I dedicated my life to. So you gotta do the same. But it's just so like convoluted and weird it really sucks another yeah. story point that finally pops up i i put every time um some story gets like narration or like um the story gets pushed along i wrote down in my notes finally some story <laughs> is because <laughs> they when they come back from mexico Faye reveals that she's been with cook since she was 17 mm-hmm. and that she doesn't like know a life outside of cook so she's having trouble leaving him even though she's in love with ryan gossing's character bv and then from this cook is at a random diner and we get introduced to natalie portman's character Rhonda. do you want to walk us through when she gets introduced no do i have to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so michael fassbender i don't know well cook i guess cook i don't know if cook is hungover or coming off coming down from like drugs or something, but he's in this diner and he just like has his head down and Natalie Portman pops up and he's like, Oh, can I get you anything? And he's like, no, I'm okay. Thank you. And he's like, no, wait, come back. I have a disease. It's where I can't be alone. (laughs) Uh, I was like, Oh man, Riz got over here, dude. (laughs) Dude, fucking final boss cook and Riz got deadly combination. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Riz cook god uh, <laughs> and then like he starts like he forces her to sit down and he takes off like her her apron because she's a waitress at this diner and he's like sing for me can you sing and then they just start going out and then you yeah. get some you get some backstory on Rhonda which is her father left her and her mother and her mother is trying very hard to keep their home and Rhonda's a waitress and a teacher and cooks like I'm gonna fuck this waitress teacher and (laughs) and I'm gonna keep her so he decides to buy Rhonda's mom a house Rhonda's mom is played by Holly Hunter who is an amazing actor and again like what the fuck did these people see in this movie Cause like, I wonder how much they even got paid to do this. If the budget was half a million, like whatever. Yeah. And Holly Hunter has been in a bunch of movies. Uh, she also voices um, Elastigirl in The Incredibles. Um, so she makes bank. 
Mm-hmm. Why would she be in this fucking movie? Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he also marries fucking Rhonda. Like, yeah, she's into it. Dude, it's it just, it moves so fast. Like, there's no, there's no in between. Like, I know we like, we keep saying this movie's like filler and montage, but it just, it just moves so fast with what is going on with these characters. So, like, um, maybe that's like an artistic or style choice or a storytelling choice, but it just doesn't work because there's just so much shit going on. Like you get you get one scene where um, Rhonda is in bed with Cook, and Cook's like, "Marry me," and she goes, "No," and then they do like this weird like cat and mouse sex foreplay stuff, and then two scenes later they're getting married, like they're getting ordained at Cook's house. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, how much time is passing between these things? Yeah, I really want to point out that any improvised, like, sexual tension that any of the characters have, I fucking hate it so much. It's so annoying and weird to see. Like, they're, like you said, they're doing this cat and mouse thing. And then he, like, kisses her stomach. And then, like, she's, like, walking away. And, like, yeah. it feels... I fucking hate it <laughs> it sucks i hate it so much yeah i feel like terrence malick was kind of like make choices and which like as an actor is i don't want to say it's hard you definitely have to like let go a little bit and kind of do whatever comes to mind but i feel like he just said like 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 go ahead like make choices and see what happens and they maybe film like one or two takes and terrence malick was like fuck it Let's use it. <laughs> it's so throw weird. it in there. Throw Darren's it in the editing Malik room. Is also an accomplished director too. He did a shitload of movies, including a Thin Red Line. So he knows what he's doing. But like again, I don't know what the fuck the choice was for this movie. Um, finally, we get to some drama in the movie. Um, Faye reveals to BV that he does not have the copyrights to his own music. That Cook fucked him over without him knowing and mm. put his copyrights. Uh, under his own name so uh bb doesn't own any of his music uh so we cut to a scene where bb is like breaking uh, his contract and breaking up with cook and you can tell that this is super super improvised all the scenes you can tell but this one especially so ryan gosting and michael fassbender are like arguing with each other it starts on the street then it moves up to like a rooftop bar and then like they both like uh almost like are kind of wrestling almost with each other and like uh, Michael Fassbender gets down on his knees and he's like, please, please forgive me. Please, 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 or whatever. And then Ryan Gosling, they, it cuts immediately to a bunch of different like things that they're trying out. And the final one is like Ryan Gosling saying something to the effect of like, what, you want to be civil? Yeah, let's be civil. And he starts like breaking oh, glasses yeah. behind his head. <laughs> it's a really dumb choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um I would have like thrown a glass at Michael Fassbender. I would have been like, shit, you're giving me full reign, free reign. Hell yeah, dude. I'll take advantage of that. Um, <sighs> but God, even like after this, like BB goes back home and then you get um, a little bit of backstory for BV. You get a lot of backstory for BV. And it's that he left his home to be an artist and go to Austin to try to be you know, like a, like a successful uh, musician. 
and he has two brothers and his mother is divorced and their dad isn't doing so well and their mom isn't doing so well either. The brothers are trying to convince Speedy to come back because they need help. Like they want to try to like, I guess they're all older and they want to like try to salvage whatever relationships they can with their mother and their father. Um, and then there's a scene where BV takes his mom to lunch and yeah. he, he tells her like, Oh, you're a stone cold Fox. Like you don't have to worry about anything. And I'm just thinking in my head, like if your mom's going through some kind of crisis, like what kind of, fucking, what kind of advice is that? <laughs> yeah. So his, uh, his mom is recently divorced from his dad. His dad is revealed later that he's sick and dying and so his way to make it better is like, Mom, you're a hot piece of ass. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mom, you're hot. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Can you get the check, please? <laughs> <laughs> Can you pay for this, Mom? I got fucked over from my music rights. So you got this? Dude, I really, I fuck. God, it pisses me off. I want to know what fucking music they played. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, like, you stole my music rights. And it's like, what is it? What's the music? Like, Ryan Gosling plays the piano, but it's, like, so brief. Um, yeah. I don't know if Rooney Mara has any musical skills, but her, but she has a guitar on stage at a point yeah. later. But it, it just so looks like they gave her a guitar and was like, go off on stage. And she's kind of, like, yeah. like, obviously a little uncomfortable because it's like there's a sea of people here to watch a show and you're just pretend acting like you're playing. Like, it must be so weird. It's uh, whatever. So, yeah. And this whole time that uh, BV is visiting his family, uh, Faye can't escape Cook. Like, she has this attachment to him, obviously, because Cook, um, uh, what's it, like, uh, groomed her since she was 17. So she goes back to Cook and she sleeps with him. And she also sleeps with Rhonda, too. They have like a threesome. And yeah, then, um, dude. She, she tells BV, like, yeah, I slept with Cook and uh, it was kind of romantic and it happened multiple times. And it was also with his wife, Rhonda. BV tries to forgive her, but ultimately can't and they break up. So the rest of the movie is them dealing with all their shit separately now that they're all broken up with. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> so that's all going on. And then it cuts to scenes of BV. And then, so. The thing that upsets me the most is that these scenes where it is insinuated that Faye had a threesome with Rhonda and Cook is while she's explaining to BV like her past and like her situation with Cook. So it's it's like you can you can kind of get that it's exposition. So it, it's cutting back to like these things that she's done. But because the film has no real concept of like time, you don't know if it's happening at the same time or not. Like while this stuff is going on, like it cuts to scenes of like Cook and uh, Rhonda, like having their own relationship problems. And then it cuts back to BV. And then like, like all of a sudden, like they're in a brand new apartment, like BV and, and uh, Faye are in a brand new empty apartment. And it's like, what are they doing? Like, are they apartment shopping together? Like, are they going to move in together? Like, what the fuck's going on? And then there's another scene where the apartment is completely furnished. Like, two scenes later. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then they break up. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and also, there's a scene before this where uh, Faye is narrating. She says something like, uh, she's talking about BV, and she's like, you used to be in love with someone, your ex-girlfriend, you told me about her, and, oh, and I yeah. don't know if you still love her. And then we cut to BV dating some other girl, but like, we don't know for sure if this is happening now or in the past, if he's cheating on Faye or this is showing his ex-girlfriend. I don't fucking know. They don't explain shit. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and but, so, yeah. So, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just, go for it. You're fine. Um, so, yeah. So, then they break up. And then Cook and Rhonda go on, like, it cuts back to Cook and Rhonda. And they're, like, going on a drug binge. And they, Dude. like, take mushrooms. And then there's two random ass dudes that show up in their house, and one's like yeah. playing a little drum, and one and is like a Maori like of Maori descent. Like he has yeah. face tattoos. The other guy looks like he's a Jamaican musician, and he's playing like a bongo and talking to to Natalie Portman about like music theory. And he she's yeah. just like looking at him like yeah okay. And then like we cut to them like having sex, and then she says, "What part do you want for me?" take it all and i rolled my eyes so fucking hard yeah and and then after this like they go walking they go walking in austin and cooks like laying down on a floor like in the middle of of in the of the fucking public streets or whatever and and like a cop pulls them over and then she tells him they're fine and then and then all of a sudden they're buying drugs from some dude that has a his whole face tattooed and scissors running through man. his nose. Yeah. He's a reptile man. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's a fucking lizard man. He has tattoos. So he looks like he has scales. His yeah. tongue is like uh split in half. He has like the hugest septums you've ever fucking seen. And then he shoves a whole pair of scissors like through his tongue. Yeah. And, and sells he's him like, weed. I ha- what does he tell him? He tells him like, "Oh man, like you guys are gonna go to another world with this stuff." And uh, yeah, it's just so fucking random. It's so weird, and also it's like such like white privilege too, because if like a cop saw you or me passed out, we would immediately go to jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if Michael Fassbender is just like, "Ah, hey, he's fine," <laughs> so he would have seen my tattoos. He would tell me, "Don't move," and then pop, pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Reptile Man. Are you white underneath? All right. You're fine. <laughs> you're good. But, so, yeah. Yeah, dude. I dude, don't know. That it's so, seems so I don't, weird. It's so bad, yeah. And then, like, we cut from this to Rhonda still attending church. So it's just a setup, like, even though Rhonda is trying to go with this lifestyle, like, ultimately, it's not her. And she's having a lot of conflict with, with Cook. And then mm-hmm. we see uh, scenes of, like, Cook and Rhonda again improvised scenes and it's like the only the only thing that they told Natalie Portman was like be scared no matter what Michael Fassbender does just be scared and she, she has a face this whole time of like oh what what's going on and it just yeah it looks so stupid I hate it so much yeah and oh. then even there's a what go ahead and, and then uh Cook is tripping out on drugs and then they start playing a random black and white movie oh yeah and like what the fuck man like why why break the fourth wall like that suddenly like oh god (laughs) yeah it's a black and white film where there's a woman who gets chased out by a man and this man starts 
bludgeoning uh, this woman with like, a, I don't know if it's like a sledgehammer or something or a, some some type of big weapon. And then like there's another scene of like the moon or an asteroid crashing into the camera. And then it just cuts back to like normal present day or whatever day it is in this movie. Um, yeah. And then while this is going on, Faye starts to date a woman. Like a random woman. This woman randomly invites her into her home. And Faye's like, oh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> it's so awkward because I think that she's supposed to house it for her. And yeah. like she she introduces herself and then she's like, um, she literally says like, house it? I, I, I house it for you? Or like, when did yeah. Faye forget how to speak? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, while this is... Go- after this happens, like she's showing her the house and then this woman tries to seduce Faye. And I mean, she successfully does because then they start going out and Faye starts to go out with this woman. Yeah, they start dating. And then opposite to that, BV has started dating a woman named Amanda. And uh, Amanda is played by Kate Blanchett, which again, how the fuck are they getting all these amazing actors to be in this weird, shitty movie? Like, what are they seeing in this? Dude, I don't know. This blackmail or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Malick has blackmail in them or something. Do you yeah, know Jeffrey then... Epstein? I got his flight <laughs> logs. <laughs> Do this movie. Uh, let's see. Who's gone to the island? <laughs> They're going to be in my movie. Uh, yeah, dude. And then, um, so like, yeah, so then this happens and then, um, like we cut back in between like Cape Blanchett and, um, BV going out and it's like insinuating that Cape Blanchett's character isn't happy, but also like BV isn't happy because he obviously misses Faye. And then Val Kilmer pops up out of nowhere and he's playing like this musician who gets fucked up on stage. And this is the part where uh, Joseph was bringing it up earlier where um, Faye is on stage uh, playing guitar and um, uh, Val Kilmer's character is just acting like a fucking psycho and he throws sand. Yeah, he throws, Sam- sand, he throws sand from a cup, but before he does that, he yells out, I have uranium. I yeah. bought it for my mom. And he yeah. throws it to the crowd, and then the security rushes and grabs him, and he gets kicked off stage. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? What the fuck is going... Okay, so I do want to give a shout-out to Kate Blanchett, because she's fucking awesome. She's amazing. Act- she's an amazing actor. Um, uh, What was the movie she did? Oh, she did Tar. Tar is like my one of my favorite movies of the year like that movie kicked ass val kilmer is fucking val kilmer he's cool as fuck he's also in heat my probably mm-hmm. my favorite movie ever um and and also in the scene val kilmer is the lead singer of this band he's like chugging alcohol he chainsaws an amplifier in half he cuts his own hair with a pair of scissors on stage and then he yells out i have uranium i bought it for my mom and then he yeah, and then it's like that. That seems like four minutes tops, and then he's never seen again in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, dude, and yeah, like you don't even hear what music they're playing. <laughs> you don't even know what the fuck they, what kind of music they play, dude. I just, I, I want to know if it sounds like 
Like it could be they dude, they could have easily just put fucking dead man's bones in here. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Like I get that. But no. Yeah. I have to wonder if like BV sounds like a shitty Interpol or something. You know? Like I'm just <laughs> left with my fucking thoughts and Yeah, dude. It's um, so, yeah. I think he's supposed to be a a southern music i mean like a a country musician i think i could have sworn they said that but i don't fucking know dude i don't know for sure yeah and then i wrote a note too because you know bv was going out with faye and then faye knew cook and then uh faye introduced bv to cook like that's how cook uh, bv thought he was gonna get money and then uh bv starts to go out with um cape and chance character Rhonda meets cook and she starts going out with cook and then I wrote, it seems like BV, Faye, and Rhonda are looking for sugar mommies and daddies. Because <laughs> the people that's they they're sh- rich. That's what they should have called it instead of song to song. Mommy yeah. to mommy. <laughs> <laughs> dude, because like, oh my God, dude. It's true. I didn't, I didn't realize that until you pointed it out. That's very true. Because like, because they're going to Mexico, um, uh, this this woman that Faye begins to go out with has a nice ass house yeah. and um, BV going out with Kate Blanchett's character. Like, like they go to like some fucking mansion and they're going to like these extravagant parties. And I keep thinking to myself, like how the fuck are these people making money? Specifically BV and Faye and yeah. Rhonda. They're not like they can't be. There's no way. It, it, they hardly it, ever show them playing music too. So like, yeah. When do they perform? <laughs> yeah, dude. And then, like at this point, I gave up. <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I legitimately gave up. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm, something big happens. I'm gonna write it down." So like, right after uh. this realization, I had, um, I put, "Oh, BV and uh, his mom go to lunch, and they invite uh, yeah. Kate Blanchett's character, and um." BV leaves to use the restroom, I believe. And then BV's mom looks at Kate Blanchett's character and she tells her, like, you're unhappy, huh? And then, like, she gets up and walks away and then BV comes back. I do like, like, this one part specifically because it, it felt like a little bit of, like, normal Ryan Gosling, which is he's like, what'd you do? <laughs> I don't know why I liked I liked that scene specifically. But, yeah, dude. And then I went to the restroom I literally went to just go pee for two, mm. three minutes tops. Possibly shit. P- possibly. And then maybe a little shit came out. <laughs> and then and then uh like they're broken up. Like Kate yeah. Kate Blanchett and BV aren't together anymore. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad, man. Yeah, like that dialogue specifically is so bad when the mom turns to her and is like you're not happy, are you? It's like, who talks to someone they just met like that? And then yeah. BV and his mom are upset. And the mom is like, you aren't, you two aren't good for each other. I just know it. It's like, what mom would meddle like that? Especially BV's mom. She seems like a well put together person. Yeah. The last time we meet her, she just seems like a good person. And suddenly it's this twist of her being like, so good at reading others, like very stupid. So then, we cut to back to Cook and Rhonda. They're continuing to have threesomes 
um, fucking have sex and drugs like every fucking day. Rhonda's still going to church and she's extremely conflicted. And throughout this whole scene, Rhonda is narrating about her life and just saying like, oh, I'm not happy anymore. This isn't me. I'm always trying to please others, but I'm not ever thinking about myself. And it's so weird. It's cut between like fucking cook um, having sex and drugs with other people. At one point, he's having a photo shoot with these two random women who get naked. And then they all start wrestling together as he's like taking photos of them. And it's so weird and stupid. And then we cut to fucking Rhonda. She decided to kill herself. She drowns herself in fucking um, Cook's pool. And then Cook is distraught and he goes a little crazy. And then that's it. We never see Cook again. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was watching all this happen. And then all of a sudden, um, Rhonda's body's floating in the pool. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, wait. Did she just off herself? Wait, what the fuck? (laughs) And then, yeah. And then it cuts to a scene of like Cook. Pulling her out of the pool, and then he—I guess—he calls her mom and tells yeah. her what happened. And her mom pulls into some random parking lot, and or she just feels it in the air or yeah. something. Because they never show her finding yeah. out, but they just cut to her crying and screaming into the air. <laughs> yeah, dude, and yeah, and then that's it. That's literally they—we don't go back to Cook after this. We don't know if he had some type of character development and like stops or. If he's just the same like shitty person, like we just don't know. And then I will say one thing. I I really don't want to say it because I don't want to give this movie like this credit. But BV is kind of the only saving grace in this movie because he gets the most character exposition. Yeah. He, he seems like the only character that's really kind of semi thought out because right after this he goes to visit his dad and like that's where we find out that his dad's dying and that's why the brothers his brothers and him specifically had a hard time going to visit their dad and bv's like talking to his dad and his dad's like unresponsive and he begins to have a breakdown because he notices there's food all over um his dad's shirt but his dad can't do anything. And then he goes to the doorway and he begins to cry because he's realizing that he's losing his dad. And then all of a sudden, like he catches Faye at a party, some random well, right before, right or, before that, yeah. they cut to BV outside and he's feeding a horse. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then they cut to the party. <laughs> it's like, why would you do that? It's like a nice and tender and like heartbreaking scene. And they just cut to BV, like feeding a horse and a farmer's like, Oh yeah, they're real friendly down here. <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. And then they reconnect at this random party. Oh god, man. The Riz yeah, and these people. There's no fucking Riz. These guys don't have Riz. Give me the Riz. <laughs> yeah. Because BV um tells Faye, he's like, Oh, you have something on your face. He's like, Oh, did I get it off? And he's like, No, come closer. And he like caresses her face and he's like yeah, now you got it off. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, that being said, if Ryan Gosling did that to me, I'd be like, uh. <laughs> Oh, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> just get like all like embarrassed after. Oh, stop it. God, I can't believe I had something on my face in front of you. I'm so sorry. Um, 
but yeah and then like <laughs> there's there's a little there and then there's more montage there's montage of them going out <laughs> 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 Sorry, I laughed so much. I can't. Believe, I can't believe I had something on my face. I'm so sorry, Ryan. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, you kill me now, please, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, and it's just another fucking montage of them driving around Austin. Yeah, and they're they they're just hanging out. I'll be and honest then, with you, at this point, I started pressing the 10 second skip button like a lot of times. <laughs> yes. Dude, I did too. <laughs> oh no. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, because I was, because I had the closed captioning on. So I was like, I'm just going to see when they start talking. And then, yeah. And then BV mentions that he wants to go back home. He's like, oh, I yeah. feel different now. I think my heart is different now. My heart wasn't the same before, so I can't go back. I'm built different now yeah <laughs> what and and then he moves back home and he becomes a hard labor worker and he works on an oil uh rig. drill rig yeah. yeah yeah he works on an oil rig and then it's revealed that Faye went with bv and they live together which I will say, like, the ending is them together, but still, because the movie cuts random shit, I was like, is this BV reminiscing about them together, or did she actually move with him back home? And yeah. I looked it up, and that is the ending, that she moved in with him, and they're together and happy. Um, Cook is distraught, and Rhonda's dead, but whatever. <laughs> BV yeah. and Cook and Faye made it. Yay. Kate <laughs> Blanchett is unhappy somewhere. <laughs> Val Kilmer is getting drunk, performing on stage somewhere. Patty Smith is still talking about her dead husband to no one <laughs> in an empty room, probably. I loved him. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's song to song. Song to song. Holy shit, man. That was... Um, I will never watch that movie again. Holy shit. That was crazy. That was too much. Anyways... Uh, well, that brings us to the end of our podcast, and that brings us to our final uh, task at hand. So, Emilio, give me a final summary of your feelings about this movie, and then give it a rating from one to five. I think I could have made a better movie. <laughs> I'm being 100% honest. I think we could have <laughs> written a script, and that would have made the movie a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, it definitely, if I were to rewrite this movie it might not be as I, I guess you can say have as many artistic choices as it has but dude i need like some fucking story like i need to know what i need to know how many days have passed in the movie you know like it's just there's just so much shit going on and it's like i fucking i hate i hate to say it but there is a line in this movie I don't know if it's BV or Faye that says it, but they say that they're living their life um, like they're they're drifting, like listening mm-hmm. to from song to song. Yeah. And I was, that's when I was like, oh, oh. And I was like, oh, they did the name <laughs> drop. <laughs> um, that's the name. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so I, uh, artistically, I guess, 
that is why the movie moves the way it moves because it's like skipping beat to beat to beat to beat to beat going from song to song like okay fine yeah like whatever that's an artistic choice by Terrence Malick um good for him but I just uh yeah I need more like I need to know about these fucking characters and I need to know their backstories I want to know if like Cook like changed I want to know why Cook has always been an asshole like has like what what changed him? Why is BV like? What type of musician is he? Like, what kind of music does he sing? Why is he? It, it feels like a lot of these relationships in these movies are just throwaway relationships. Like these people just look at people to use them, and then they're just like, okay, well, yeah, fuck it, like whatever. Yeah, like Kate Blanchett was cool, but I love you, Faye. So let's get back together. And yeah, like even um. When Cook is going out, or when Cook is married to Rhonda, he still hooks up with Faye here and there. Yeah. And it's like these people just don't. I, yeah, they're like, they're kind of like privileged in a way. They just fucking throw away people like nothing. Yeah. I didn't like this movie, even though Flea was in it. <laughs> I love Flea. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your rating? Oh, uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy one very respectable yeah dude um again just like a lot of other movies on the surface it seems really great like okay so rini mara fantastic actor from girl from the dragon tattoo with the dragon tattoo um ryan gosling's in it um michael fassbender who i love from as you pointed out he's in the x-men and also, the uh, first thing I saw him in was Inglorious Bastards, and I thought he was awesome in that, too. Uh, and then the, the movie The Killer, he's awesome in that, too. Um, Natalie Portman, who's been acting since she was a fucking child um, in the... Um, oh, fuck. In the... Fuck. Leon the Professional, since she mm. was a kid. Uh, she's also in fucking Heat with Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. which I just remembered right now. <laughs> she's awesome in that, too. And, um, and fucking Star Wars. Every actor in this movie, amazing. They all are so fucking boring in this movie. This and it just comes down to the story. Like the story could be good, but there needs to be more written down. Um, these maybe they all should have taken like a a month long course on improv. That could have made things better too. But um, <laughs> yeah, dude, the execution fucking sucks. So. Uh, Fuck it. I'm going to give this one a one out of five. I, I cannot <laughs> give it up. I can't even joke around. I did not like this movie at all. It's a one out of five for me. Um, okay. So our next thing in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling movies, uh, ranking it from an S all the way up top, all the way down to an F, where are you going to place this one? F. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um. You know, I because earlier I was saying that BV is kind of like, in a way, like the only character that is fleshed out is kind of like the saving grace of the film. But also, like, dude, like BV's not that great of a fucking character either. Yeah, he's pretty boring. He really, yeah, he really isn't. Dude has no riz. Where's that Ryan Gosling riz, dude? Where's that Ryan Gosling charm at? It's not here. It's pretty absent. I mean, he did 
I mean, he got me with that line when he about the about uh, having something on your face. Like when I really thought about it, like I would blush really hard. <laughs> but um, I, I am going to agree with you. It's not a character that I liked. He just seemed kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, he seems admirable for moving back and like um, helping out his family when they're in need. That's a really tough thing to do. Um, and he seems nice overall, but. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty boring. So I don't want to yeah. watch this movie again, so I'm going to give it an F as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last thing. Are we literally him? Are you literally BV? I want to say BJ so bad. <laughs> Dude, yes. I fucking, I kept thinking my head, BJ. No, wait, no, BV. BJ, no, BV. Um, Dude, no. <laughs> I... Yeah, like I don't know much about this character. I definitely don't, or at least I think I don't, hop from relationship to relationship. Um, I, I guess I would, I guess I, I'm nice. I guess I would maybe move back to my hometown to help out my family. Maybe. Yeah. You are a, you are a Rizzler, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Rizzler. Um now now every time I see somebody I'm going to be like, "Oh, you have something on your face." <laughs> <laughs> I just got fired from my job. What the fuck? <laughs> Sexual harassment. What are you talking about? I'm just being cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw that movie song to song that no one saw, you would understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> um but yeah, no, dude. I fuck. I barely know anything about this fucking character. No, well, yeah. I mean, I barely know things about myself. So maybe in that <laughs> sense. But uh, yeah, no, not at all. What about you? Yeah, um, I definitely would not make the same decisions as BV. If I was dating someone or interested in dating someone, and then they revealed. Oh, hey, by the way, the guy who manages you, that's my husband. I'd be like, oh, okay. Um, never mind that. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. not date you because that's weird. I'm not into that. That's weird. Um, yeah. And again, he seems admirable, but like really boring. When we really dissect like the literally him memes, it's someone that's like cool and suave or also an idiot and and maybe a little autistic at times, as we've talked about. <laughs> and um, BV is just an average guy, with the exception that he's talented, supposedly. We never see in the movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not literally him. Shit. This might be the worst Ryan Gosling movie I've ever seen. It's definitely last for me. I really thought that um, United States of Leland would be last, and I really thought that... Um, the gray man would be down there but holy shit man this movie fucking sucks <laughs> um all right guys we'll see you next time and we're gonna be reviewing the slaughter rule um yeah about football you like football Emilio? not really <laughs> all right should be a good one <laughs> um <laughs> You guys should give us a rating. Please go ahead and give us a rating. Five stars, if you will. Emilio, what should the people rate us? Um, I think we're definitely better than fucking song to song. So definitely anything above a three. 
yeah. I mean, this isn't improvised, guys. We write this shit down, so you should <laughs> definitely give us five stars. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.